Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Coffee Shop Q&A here on the Business Life and Coffee podcast. And this week, we're joined by Chris Herbershawn, who is the founder of his own CPA firm. Chris works not exclusively, but primarily with uh, service-based businesses, uh, typically your marketing agencies and things of the like. And he has a new ebook uh, called Scaling the Data-Driven Agency, so how you can use numbers to scale your business. So today, we're going to talk about a lot of things. We're going to talk about the election. We're going to talk about COVID. But most importantly, we're going to talk about how to navigate 2021 to make sure that your business is set up for success. Chris, thanks for joining me. Thanks so much. Happy to be here, Joey. Yeah, thanks for thanks for being here. And now, where in the world are you joining me today? I am in Hilton Head, South Carolina. Ah, nice. So you're probably just a step away from the beach. Uh, it's a little bit more than a step, but it's it's pretty <laughs> close. Yeah, we're we're in a good spot. That's awesome. Awesome. So I've, I've got to ask, growing up, were you always a numbers person or how did you find your way into accounting? I don't know. It's fair to say I was always a numbers person, but but, you know, I've always kind of been fairly entrepreneurial. You know, I, I was always the kid who was, you know, out on the corner trying to sell lemonade, that sort of thing. Uh, and actually, it's kind of funny because my son's the same, my, my oldest son, and um, I don't know where he gets it. The way that I got into accounting, I originally went to school and wanted to be a finance major. I wanted to be an investment banker, and I had absolutely no idea what an investment banker was. And my dad was an accountant. His background was in accounting. He was the CFO for an insurance company. And he said, you know, you can do everything in accounting that you can do in finance and then maybe a little bit more, maybe go that route. So I listened to his advice. I did. I had taken accounting in high school. It did not go well, even a little bit. But I had a great accounting professor my freshman year of college. Um, You know, she was an inspiration to me and really kind of tied the pieces together about how you know, accounting, like the base debits and credits, which is the nerdy stuff ties into how to operate a business and what it means, uh, you know, what financial statements mean and things of that nature. So that's really kind of how I got into it and just fell in love with it. And when I actually graduated college, I I was a golf pro and played a little bit of golf in college and decided I wanted to turn pro and give that a give that a go and did that for about five minutes and then realized, you know, maybe I should go try to make an actual living because that wasn't going well. (laughs) And uh, got into forensic accounting and, you know, spent a few years there and finally got into corporate accounting and finance, started a side hustle, which is what my firm is now. It's the evolution of that side hustle that's started 10 years ago. So, you know, yeah. here I am. awesome. Awesome. And kudos to you for uh, navigating life and landing into something <laughs> successful because we all have those goals of like, hey, let's go and try something. And um, you're probably you're, I know you're a much better golfer than I am now, but uh, it sounds like the accounting is, is more of a sweet spot than pro golf. It is now. That's for sure. That's <laughs> absolutely for sure. My golf game isn't worth a hoot right now. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, you know, I think that accounting is so important as a business function because I think of business being an organization or a, an organism. Uh, your cash flow is your is your bloodline. You know, um, nothing functions if you don't have the cash flow to make it happen. And so I'm really excited that you're here talking with us today about some tips to Uh, look into 2021. But let's kind of do a retro real quick and think about businesses and how they've navigated uh, this pandemic. From your client base, 
what have been some of the most successful steps that people have done to preserve their business and to maybe even position it to, to thrive in the midst of this sudden change that we've experienced? Mm-hmm. That's a great question. Back in, um, I guess it was March when the lockdowns happened, you know, we basically came up with a, a five-step playbook for, for all of our clients and the nuts and bolts of that were, you know, think of what number one was think of creative ways that you can generate revenue over this next period of, at that point, we were saying three to four months. Um, just think creatively about, about how you can how you can drive revenue and thus drive you know cash to your business. Make sure that you're talking to your clients, making sure that the invoices that you have outstanding with them are going to be paid. Seeing how they're doing, it's just a good it's just a good neighborly you know humanistic thing to do. You know, mm-hmm. to reach out to people and see see how they're doing. And then the other thing was basically preserve cash. Was the other piece of it? You know, cash is going to be king. And yeah. if you're not paying attention to it, then we need to be forecasting it. And if we're not forecasting it, then we need to put a um, process in place to forecast it. And at that time, what we were looking for was to get through July. You know, when we were in March, we were saying, let's get through July because that was kind of the guidance that we were, you know, the guidance that we were hearing at the time is like month, two months, you know, we'll be back to normal. Um, so we said, well, that's not all that comforting. Let's take that out a little bit further. <laughs> um, so, you know, it's with a lot of our clients, we've been kind of going through this process of talking about the cash reserve every single month, making sure that it's sufficient, you know, paying attention to what revenue looks like, paying attention to what pipeline looks like. You know, the stuff that's going to happen in the future, asking clients, like, what, what are your clients saying? You know, uh, how are they doing? You know, just keep continuing to forecast cash. And so when we do that, we ask, what's the drop dead date? So when you take all your, when you take your current cash balance and then you add in all the expected inflows and then you subtract out all the expected outflows, at what point, if you have no more revenue, are you expecting to totally run out of cash? And what's that date? And does that date keep moving further and further into the future? And if it does, then okay, we're, we're still okay. You know, when, when it starts to move closer, that's when we need to be doing other things. The businesses that have been successful and that are still thriving have come up with different um, revenue models. They're delivering their services in a way that's different, that uh, is helpful to their clients considering where we are. So that's part of it. And then the other ones are, are managing cash well, they're cutting expenses, they're being just being mindful of, you know, what they're doing with cash, what they're doing with debt. And managing the business proactively. Yeah, no, that's great. I, I think a good defense is the best kind of offense, especially in this in this kind of pandemic world that we're living in. And I mm-hmm. love that uh, you mentioned being able to creatively pivot your business model and some of your offerings to uh, best support your customers. As we look into the age of uh, possibly having a vaccine, I'm seeing folks talking about returning to work in maybe January 2021 or not so much return to work, but return to office 2021, because a lot of us are working remotely. As you look into 2021, what are some of the key tips that you would share uh, for businesses to um, maximize the year that they may have in 2021? I think two things that we talk about with our clients all the time still apply. The clients who we have that are consistently successful do two things really, really well. One of them is manage cash and manage cash flow. That's always going to be, you know, that's always going to be a thing just because it's going to be 2021 and we're getting rid of the weird 2020 year. That doesn't mean that that's going to go away. You still need to pay attention to that, especially in a period of uncertainty. You need to have an adequate cash reserve in your business. So that's that's always going to be a, a core component. And I see that staying the same in 2021. I don't see that changing even a little bit. And then the other piece is the the business plan. Clients who we have that do really well are really clear about what their business plan is and they revisit it on a consistent basis. They know what they do, they know how they do it, they know who they're trying to serve. They're just really, really clear and they've got a really, 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 really clear strategy. What we see is when folks get impatient 
and they start to straddle multiple strategies and they start to get a little bit, you know, just unfocused in their business, that's when things start to go sideways or, or start to trend downward. So I would say have a plan for 2021, revisit it, be willing to pivot, but don't be unfocused, um, manage cash. And then the other thing is just be patient. I think we're going into, especially, you know, we're recording this here at the end of October, you know, we're going into a probably a period of the most uncertainty that our country has ever seen, just where we are with an election and with COVID and all that other stuff. Just be patient, be patient, be focused. Yeah. Do you have any thoughts on whether or not strategy should be dependent upon who's in office in January? That really depends on what your business is. Tell, tell me more. <laughs> so if your business is dependent on government and government contracts, then yeah, you know that you, you certainly uh, need to be paying attention to who's in office and, and think about how they're, they're likely to spend money and award contracts and things like that. If certainly I think if, um, if, if Biden wins, we're likely to see changes to the tax code, which obviously is going to have an impact on, on cash flow and how you need to plan and you know whether or not they're going to get rid of the, the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, which was passed late 2017. That, that, would, be, that would remain to be seen. That certainly changes the changes the math that changes the math on your entity structure for sure so that you know those would be the things to, to look out for I think if if Trump remains in office probably we'll see you know more of the same business environment that we've seen you know I, I would like to say you know prior to covid but you know certainly there's going to be some sort of a period of time here where we're transitioning back to some sort of a normal but you know mm -hmm. I think you could expect to see you know tick just supposed to you know expire in 2025 I would expect that you would either see that be made permanent or you know at the very least would run out through 2025 I, I think that makes a lot of sense yeah but you know <clears throat> it depends on who wins on on what sort of environment we're going to be in and you know Change doesn't happen overnight, especially in Washington, D.C., you know, theoretically. So you'll have some time to kind of plan for that. But, you know, on November 4th or whenever we get some sort of a, a result, you know, you need to have that in the back of your mind. You know, what's this going to look like for me and the, the environment that I'm operating in? Because the environment that you're operating in is one of those factors that goes into that business plan. You know, you need to understand your environment. You need to understand your competition and you need to make some some assumptions and revisit those assumptions on a consistent basis. Jumpstart HR is changing the face of the HR industry with their outsourcing, project consulting, and phone support. Enabling startups and small businesses to outsource their HR needs from anywhere in the U.S., from new business and legal compliance to employee performance management and outplacement services. Within the business community, Jumpstart HR is a trusted and reliable service. In fact, companies like Forbes, HR.com, and Inc. Magazine have all featured Jumpstart HR for their easy-to-use, hourly, monthly, and on-call support that is tailored specifically to each client's needs. This saves clients like you a lot of time and money. To learn more, schedule your free HR evaluation today at jumpstart-hr.com slash contact. Yeah. Yeah, that's great to hear. Making sure that you're navigating this uh, each step of the way and making decisions each step of the way, I think is a is a, a fundamental takeaway from everything you've said. Because you know, it, it's like the weather; we can't predict it, we can't cause it, but uh, all we can do is respond to it um, in a way that that works best for us. Yeah, exactly. And, and the further that you go out with your assumptions and your forecast, the less certain it becomes. I mean, I'll, I'll speak to my business. I can tell you 
pretty clearly what my business is going to look like next week. I cannot tell you very clearly what it's going to look like in a year. Mm-hmm. And I most certainly can't tell you what it's going to look like in 10 years. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's, that's one thing to keep in mind. You just need to be patient. You need to be revisiting your assumptions. You need to be having conversations with your leadership team, with your advisors um, on a consistent basis. People who are looking out, you know, looking outside of the business, looking outward to, to see what, you know, understand what they see, take all those perspectives into into account and then, you know, change course or not, you know, depending on what they say. Yeah. Chris, you have a book, uh, a new ebook entitled Scaling the Data-Driven Agency. Uh, could you tell us a little bit about that? You know, uh, what led you to write the book? Who's it for? And what's the benefit of taking a look at the book itself? Sure. And I, pr- I appreciate that. So there is a new book. It's called Scaling the Data-Driven Agency. It's about 50 pages. It's very, very digestible. It goes straight through our playbook on how we think about scaling marketing and creative agencies. You know, it, it's tailored for those folks, but it, it certainly is very readable and, and very apl- applicable to other service-based businesses. And basically, it's all about taking the data that is inside of your business or thinking about the data that you want to be inside of your business and then how to best leverage that to grow the business. So good example, especially for marketing and creative agencies is project management data. They've all got to manage projects. You know, those softwares that they use like an Asana or Asana or a Monday.com or even as so much as a Google spreadsheet, those are all data sources that we can use and we can marry those with financial data and then figure out, you know, what's what in the business, where do we need to make changes? How can we grow the business? So the book basically just goes through, you know, our exact playbook of what you need to consider, how you need to apply it, and then how you kind of go through this cycle of revisiting it on a consistent basis. What's the danger of not revisiting your data on a consistent basis? Well, things change, right? The environment, you know, we just talked about it, the environment that you operate in changes, the operations of the business change, everything changes. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're not willing to revisit, you know, what your data is telling you, then that's how you become stagnant right? Your competitors change, the tools that you use change. There's just, the only, that's the only constant is change. And, um, you know, one of my favorite quotes that I've, <laughs> that I've ever heard was from a, an accounting conference that I went to two or three years ago. And the CEO of the AICPA, Barry Melanson, said, the pace of change is never going to be slower than it is today. And if you mm. kind of just think about it, that statement has been true every single day for the last, <laughs> you know, however long. Yeah, and it's not going to change. Right. You know, the pace of the pace of change is 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 just getting faster and faster every single day. Yep. So you need to stay ahead of it. You need to be looking outward, not always internally. You know, to to facilitate facilitate change in the business and to keep yourself competitive and to make sure that you're delivering the best products and services to your clients. Yeah. Chris, I'd imagine you've seen a a whole host of businesses, those that have done well and those that have not done so well. And I asked you the question, um, what's the danger of not looking at your data? But what are some other financial no-nos or some financial habits that could jeopardize your business? The biggest one that we see is commingling. The absolute biggest one. It's generally smaller businesses where that's a problem. And what they will do is they will either not have a business bank account and they'll just use the personal or they'll have a business account, but you know, it's kind of sort of personal. It's kind of sort of business, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, at some point, you've got to untangle that. So that, that that's an enormous problem that we see. Not leveraging your accounting software, not having the proper chart of accounts. What that means is having the proper categories for how you want to classify transactions. Yep. So you can actually make decisions based off of that. 
not assigning customers to revenue transactions, not assigning expenses or vendors to expense transactions. Those are big ones too. Because really at the end of the day, accounting is about being able to answer questions about your business. So you Mm -hmm. want to be able to ask a question about your business and then you want to be able to get a good, accurate, reliable, timely answer back about your business. Great example being, you know, when it comes time to cut costs and you're looking at your P&L and it's like, all right, well, why am I spending, you know, 20 grand a month on software subscriptions? That number seems really high. It needs to come down. Well, if you drill down into that account and you see all the transactions and you don't know which vendor is which, you don't know where that exp- you know where the expenses actually came from. Mm-hmm. If there's something in there in the software account and really it's a contractor and it's not actually software, that's a problem because now yeah. what you've done is you've asked the question about your business and the response that you got back was I don't know, which is <laughs> never a good thing. You know what I say to to my team and what I say to our clients is. We are here, number one, to provide certainty. And then number two, we're here to ask really hard questions. And that's yeah. really what we do. So if you can answer, if you can ask questions about your business, if you can get good solid answers back, that's what you know, accounting and financial data is here for. Yeah, that is exactly right, Chris. And um, I, I think about the shock, the shock and surprise of businesses that may not have been so um, savvy or at least diligent with their finances. Uh, when it came time to apply for PPP or EIDL or all the sorts of funding where maybe this is the first time that they've had to have a, a banking relationship in this way. And you had to have that information on the ready to present, you know, a P&L and chart of accounts and, and, and those things. So so if 2020 has taught a lot of smaller businesses, emerging businesses, something, it's your accounting is incredibly important and you never know when you're going to need it. But the reality is you should always know that you need it. A hundred percent. And having an advisor who, who can explain it to you if you don't know is huge. I mean, if you think about late March, early April, when PPP came out and we're in a lockdown, everybody's business has been shut down. The government basically says, hey, we're giving away free money. And everybody's like, well, I need that because, you know, my I got to feed my kids and I got to pay my mortgage. And yep. and, and so um, how do I get this free money? It's like, OK, I need I need a, a copy of my P&L. Well, what is my P&L telling me? And then it's, you know, I need my payroll records and well, you know, maybe you're an S corp and you haven't been paying yourself reasonable compensation. So now that the loan amount that the government's going to give you is, is too low because you've been paying, you haven't been paying yourself enough for the last 10 years or whatever it is, you know, it's, it's got that snowball effect. And if, if you were trying to simultaneously understand your financials and they were kind of a mess, and if you simultaneously were trying to take advantage of these loan programs and you didn't have anybody there to help you and kind of walk you through it and who was paying attention to the regulations and how it impacts you and how you can take advantage of some of these things. You know, you're just, you're taking a really stressful situation on top of a really stressful time and everybody's stressed out and it would, you know, it's just terrible, frankly, (laughs) but you know, having somebody in your corner who can help you with that, who can help you in tough times, having a banking relationship, having a business coach, whether or not it's, you know, somebody from like SCORE or the SBA or whatever it is. Yep. Having an accounting relationship, having a, a legal relationship, those are all super, super important on top of having your financials in order and understanding them and having good financial data. Absolutely. So the the moral of the story is if you didn't have your PL for your PPP, you need to call Chris and get a <laughs> get a good uh, get a good business outsourced CFO. Uh, my last question for you is, you know, obviously I run an outsourced uh, HR company. Uh, we work with businesses and become their HR department. But for a a startup, for a small business who uh, doesn't quite understand, you know, 
they may think CFOs are for like Fortune 500s or CFOs are for more established businesses. What's the pitch? What's the why for getting a chief financial officer, an outsourced chief financial officer, taking a look at your business finances, no matter the size of, of your company? Sure. Generally, folks get into business because they know how to do the work or provide the product or provide the service that they're going to provide to their clients, right? It's not usually because, you know, they want to dive into the financial figures unless, it, you know, unless they're an accountant, an accountant with an accounting firm. Mm -hmm. um, but that's, <laughs> you know, that's, it's few and far between. So, and, it, and, you know, it's the same for HR too, like in your business, yeah. like generally the people don't have HR experience. They don't know what they don't know. Um, so having a group of advisors in your corner who understands your business, who, you know, has seen it before with other businesses, who knows what works and what doesn't work, um, who can prepare you for the things that are coming down the pike, who's looking out and looking at regulations, government regulations, and seeing what's coming down the pike from a tax perspective or from a PPP perspective, whatever it is, or you know, who's looking at the economic conditions that you're about that you're either operating in or you're about to be operating in. It's totally invaluable, you know, to have that that kind of advice. Um, that's proactive and not reactive. And that is helping you to make good decisions based on good data and based on prior knowledge. It's just, I think, totally invaluable. And that goes with, you know, any other area, like I said, HR, legal, you know, anything that you don't have expertise in, you ne either need that expertise. So you need to develop it yourself, which mm -hmm. you probably, you know, that's time consuming and, you know, it's a headache or you need to go and, and hire that outside or inside, but you got to get that expertise from somewhere so you can be most successful. Yeah, my rule of thumb is, Know it well enough to know if it's going right or going wrong, but you need to bring someone in who knows it well enough to maximize that area of business for you. 100%. Yeah. Hey, Chris, uh, I've enjoyed having you on the show. How can people contact you? How can people learn more about your business? And uh, where can they go to download Scaling the Data-Driven Agency? Absolutely. So betterwaycpa.com slash data-driven agency. That'll take you to the ebook. My contact information's on the landing page right there. You can't, you can't miss it. Thanks, man. When I get down to Hilton Head, I'm going to ask you for some golf lessons. So just be on the lookout for that call. I don't know that you want a golf lesson from me, but I would be happy to go out and, uh, you know, play 18 with you for sure. All right. Sounds like a deal, man. Thanks, Joey. I appreciate it. All right. All right.